your Bibles, please find John, the first chapter of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel according to John, chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Let me just remind you while you're finding that, that our Christmas Eve services are 3 o'clock in the Life Center and 5 o'clock in here, and then uh, next Sunday, of course, is Christmas, and we'll have our service at 10.30, but we'll be in the Life Center. It'll be an abbreviated uh, service, a little more in, informal. Uh, we're saying to the kids, if they want to come in their pajamas, they're welcome to, and so we'll celebrate together as a church family in the Life Center next Christmas, or next Sunday on Christmas morning. John chapter 1, when God inspired John to say this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is the Son, the second person of the Holy Trinity. We'll see that down in verse 14. So this is the expression of God, God the Son. In the beginning was the Son, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light, light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Now, on that, I'm sure we would agree that the Grinch was right, that Christmas doesn't come from Dillard's or from Academy Sports or from wherever you shop or from Etsy or from Amazon or from eBay. We would all agree it means a a great deal more, but it is easy to get, as Kristen already has told us, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to, it's easy to forget. Have you played White Elephant this year? Maybe in one of your parties you did. You know, a White Elephant gift is a is a is an impractical gift. It's a funny gift, and sometimes you you pass it around. Sometimes you get to steal it from somebody else. The origin of White Elephant comes from the 13th century, from the King of Siam, who when he had a an enemy. He would send them a real live white elephant, an albino elephant, which was considered sacred. And so if you, got a, if you had a white elephant, you had an obligation to take care of the elephant, which required 
a great deal of your time, took a lot of resources and money, and so he would send the white elephant not as, not as a gift, but as a distraction so that his enemies would become more vulnerable because they would be distracted by taking care of the white elephant. We have an enemy as well, not the king of Siam, but the Bible calls him Satan, the, the devil, the evil one, the, the deceiver, the father of all lies, and it's not a stretch to say that he has sent distractions to us at Christmas time. Things that distract us from the full, profound, dramatic, intense meaning of Christmas. In the 13th century as well, not just the King of Siam was sending white elephants, but St. Francis of Assisi recognized that people were distracted. And so he came up with the first nativity scene. In Greccio, Italy, a friend of his had some land. So he drafted people to dress up like shepherds and wise men and Mary and Joseph. And they had real live animals. And for the first time, there was a nativity scene because St. Francis felt people were distracted. Sounds like our own nativity scene at Tinsel Trail, just above the Tinsel Trail, just above the park. You know, Joseph and Kathy Hicks, Kathy was tutoring a young lady, and Joseph and Kathy took her down there to Tinsel Trail, and they saw the trees, even trees from churches, but they, they recognized that there was no real reason for, no opportunity to say this is the meaning of Christmas. And so Joseph had the idea of the of the nativity, and there are lots of people who jump in. In fact, beginning tonight, weather permitting, there'll be live folks in the nativity scene. It was born out of this, this sense that we can become easily distracted. And dare I even ask, is it possible even for church to become a distraction? We've been doing the Living Christmas Tree, of course, since Thursday night, and there's a beautiful song where they sing Away in a Manger. It's just beautiful, and, the, and kids come down, and the manger is here, and, and of course, Mary and Joseph are there, and the angel stands here, and the wise men are here, and I won't tell you which, exactly which performance it was, but one, in one of the performances, one of the wise men came down just like Miss Kristen had told him to, brought his gift, stood here and looked at the Christ child, and then he looked up at the tree and all the people in the tree and the orchestra and, and he completely forgot that he was in the manger scene and he's just looking around like wow this is just the coolest thing and one of his shepherd friends gave him the elbow and he turned around and, oh that's right and he focused <laughs> but even church right I mean with all the busyness and could even church become a distraction. I'm talking, of course, about the, the need to remember the, the dramatic, the intense, the profound meaning of Christmas. It's, it's not just a quaint, feel-good children's story. It is intense. It is profound. It is Dramatic For that baby in the manger, away in the manger, grew up to start a revolution. Jesus revolutionized race relations. Jesus so changed the way that we look at people who are different from us that it wasn't long after his death that the Apostle Paul would write, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek. Jesus revolutionized the social structure. Jesus embraced the lepers, the, the untouchables. Jesus 
ate with tax collectors, the unlikables. Jesus cared for prostitutes, the unrespectables. And so dramatically revolutionized the social structure that not long after Jesus died, the Apostle Paul would write, in Christ there's neither slave nor free. Jesus revolutionized gender relations. Jesus was born into a world in which women were property, first the property of their daddy, and then if they married, the property of their husband, without rights and without recognition. But Jesus so changed the way that women were treated that not long after his death, the Apostle Paul would write that in Christ there's neither male nor female. Jesus revolutionized religion. Jesus introduced grace, unconditional, undeserved, unlimited, unrelenting love, and, and so revolutionized religion that not long after Jesus' death, the Apostle Paul would write, we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. The baby in a manger, this little Lord Jesus, grew to start a revolution. Christmas is not just some quaint, feel-good children's story. It is dramatic, it is, it is intense, it is profound, and it's, it's easy to get distracted from that. The baby in a manger was God the Son in human flesh, and thus the unique Savior of the world. Seven centuries before he was born, Isaiah wrote about that and said that the Messiah would be mighty God. Matthew 1, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Titus 2, he is our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 says, Jesus is the one true God. And John 1, which we read a moment ago, the Word, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. If Christmas is true, if Christmas is true, then Jesus is God in human form and thus the unique Savior of the world. The late John Hick was a, a British theologian and philosopher of religion. He did not believe Christmas is literally true. Uh, he believed, as so many, that, that Jesus was a, a first-rate philosopher, a, a superb sage, a terrific teacher, but not literally God in the flesh. But he conceded, Hick conceded, if Jesus was literally God incarnate, the second person of the Holy Trinity living a human life, so that the Christian religion was founded by God on earth in person, it is then very hard to escape from the traditional view that all humankind must be converted to the Christian faith. If Christmas is true, if Christmas is the story of God, the second person of the Trinity, becoming human flesh and living among us, then that makes Jesus unique among all religious figures in the world, makes him the unique Savior. Now, I can see there's mystery here that I, I can't explain, I can't understand. And if God has provided another way to himself, that he is not revealed, then that's his business. But I have to live by what I understand from Scripture, which is that, that Christmas is not just a quaint, 
feel-good children's story, but that it is literally true. And thus being literally true, Jesus is the unique Savior of the world. That Christmas is about more than packages, boxes, and bags, more than hams and lights and parades. And that God has come in human form. And if that is true, then Jesus is indeed the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Christmas is not just some quaint, charming, enchanting, feel-good children's story. It changes everything if Christmas is true. The Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Lee Strobel is uh, an influential Christian leader and writer. Graduated from Yale Law School has written such books as The Case for Christ, The Case for a Creator, uh, The Case for Faith. Lee Strobel became a follower of Jesus in 1981. But his journey to Jesus began seven years earlier, 1974, in Chicago, where he was a writer for the Chicago Tribune. In November of 1974, he wrote an article for the Chicago Tribune about needy families uh, in the Chicago area. And one of the families about which he wrote was, was a grandmother named Perfecta de Jesus and her granddaughters, Lydia and Jenny uh, Delgado. Lydia was 11 and Jenny was 13. Perfecta and her two granddaughters, Lydia and Jenny, had been burned out of one roach-infested place and had moved to another small apartment on the west side of Chicago. Lee Strobel went to visit them to write this article for the Tribune, and he said he was shocked at the squalor in which they lived. No furniture, he said, no rugs, bare walls. Lydia, 11, and Jenny, 13, had one dress each, and they were both short-sleeved dresses. They had one thin sweater between them, just one. And when in the cold they would walk to school, they would share it. So one would wear it the first half of the, of the walk, and the other would wear it the rest of the way. So he wrote that story that appeared around Thanksgiving 1974 in the Chicago Tribune. A month passed. It was Christmas Eve. And Lee Strobel was sitting in his office in the Tribune, and it was, it was quiet, and he began to think back about, about that grandmother and her granddaughters. He thought about what had happened when he was there. He thought that he had not sensed hopelessness or 
self-pity. Rather, he said, there was the gentle feeling of hope and peace. Perfecta had said to him, the grandmother had said to him that she attributed that to their faith in Jesus. It was Christmas Eve now in the quiet office of the Chicago Tribune, and he was thinking about that grandmother and those two granddaughters and about how different their Christmas was from his own. He said they had virtually nothing, and yet they seemed happy. And he had virtually everything and felt, he said, as empty as their little apartment. So he got in his car and drove over to the west side of Chicago to their little apartment to give them another visit. When he walked in, he was astounded at everything that was there. His, paper, his newspaper article had, had resulted in such an outpouring of, of sympathy that they had all kinds of things, food and furniture. They had... Uh, Coats and gloves and all kinds of clothes, even money. But what surprised him more was the fact that they were, they were preparing to give most of it away. Perfecta, the grandmother explained, our neighbors are still in need. We cannot have plenty while they have nothing. He wrote an article, by the way, that appeared on Christmas Day in 1974 about them in the Tribune, but he didn't, he didn't write about their faith in that article. Remember, he's still an agnostic. And you remember, an atheist is someone who believes there is no God. An agnostic would say there, there's just not enough evidence to make that leap of faith to believe. So, so Lee Strobel was still an agnostic, but he was intrigued by this poor grandmother and her two granddaughters. This is a gift from God, she said as she motioned to all the things around her little apartment. But she added this, this is not the greatest gift. No, she said, we celebrate that tomorrow. The greatest gift, she said, is Jesus. Again, he didn't include that in the article, but later after he'd become a Christian, he wrote, this. At that moment, please catch this. At that moment, something inside of me wanted desperately to know this Jesus. Something made me long for what they had, or more accurately, he wrote, for the one they knew. Don't miss that. At that moment, this agnostic says, I wanted, there's something inside of me wanted desperately to know this Jesus. Something made me long for what they had, or more accurately, he wrote, for the one they Knew. His conversion to Jesus began with three people who had nothing but full hearts, who understood that Christmas doesn't come from a store. It's not packages and boxes and bags, and it's not just a, a feel-good, quaint little Christmas or children's story. But there's something else about Lee Strobel's story. He got in his car, headed back to the office of the Tribune, Tribune where he would write that article which would appear the next day. But he got a call on the two-way radio before cell phones. He got a call on the two-way radio from his boss about a different assignment and he got distracted. He was right there on the verge 
right there at the start line of following Jesus. At that moment, he said, my heart longed to know the one they knew. But he got distracted. And it would be seven years before he would become a follower of Jesus. So here's the deal. There are lots of people who are watching from homes and hotel rooms and hospital rooms. And there are people in this room, people watching on your computers by live stream. And someone may be on the very verge of following Jesus. Don't get distracted. Right now, where you are, would you choose to follow Jesus to place your hope for this world and the next, not in your own goodness, but in him? The enemy would like to distract you, to have you think of something else, to have you postpone it, to have you wait. But now's the time, and I invite you right where you are to turn from what is wrong, to confess that, and place your faith in the one whose birth we celebrate. And if you're in this room, I invite you to make that public. We're going to sing hymn number 143.